Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Profane Argument Podcast, a.k.a. the Soaring Eagles of Freedom, for Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. My name is Ray, and along with me are... I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Um, on this podcast, we talk about news, politics, and religious nonsense and give our opinions from a secular point of view. If you're a regular listener to this podcast and Karen and I sound a little funny, it's because we are still getting over the COVID uh, that we acquired at the beginning of last week. Hopefully, my voice holds up for the uh, duration of the show. I went a few days without hardly talking at all, so, you know, it's been fun. What is that like? Is it fun? <laughs> No, I, feel, I think it might be. Fu- oh, really? I thought it'd be fun. No, no. The, my th- my throat was so sore. Ah, everything. Hurt. Oh, okay. Like, so it was, it was just okay. bad. Like when you because when you said like lost your voice, I'm like, oh, okay. So you just couldn't talk, but you're like, no, I was in pain. Pain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was not yeah. good. I looked at it. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, that's red. <laughs> Yeesh. Uh, if you want to join in on our conversation, you can sign up on our Patreon page. That'll allow you to chat with us as we record on Discord Tuesday nights right around 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, if you can't do that, you could post something to our Facebook page or tweet at Profane Arg. Uh, this week, we've got some international religious news, a conspiracy involving the fires in Maui, and, and the return Ooh. of podcast favorite Yuri Geller. <laughs> Sweet. Damn, I thought you were going to say Joey Salads. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think yeah, he's I mean, a favorite of this podcast. I no. mean, some of the, some of the mm. listeners maybe. But. No, you're supposed to say, oh, Joey Salads. Didn't that guy piss in his own mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I like leaving that for you. <laughs> I, di- I, did hear so- I, di- I did hear some rumblings about Yuri Geller popping up again, but go- I can't yeah. wait now. Yeah, we'll get to that near the end. Um, first thing. As a follow-up, I wanted to uh, issue a correction. So I I talked about Job in the Bible last week, and I was mistaken. I was wrong. The end of the story, as uh, I was corrected by Joshua in the in the Discord channel, and he was absolutely correct. At the end of the story, Job does get his wealth and family after being taken away. Uh, the story says that he was rewarded with his health returning more wealth than he had before, and lived to see multiple generations of offspring. Oh, good, with, good on Job. <laughs> but with new family, not with the old family back, I'm assuming. Right, right. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. I yeah. Mean, that's, that's not great, but... Not perfect, but still pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless my wife is listening to this episode, then that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible story. I like Heston Jackson said, it's still a shitty prank. <laughs> <laughs> Or an amazing prank. Well, I mean, listen. I mean, I mean, the way we were talking about it, we we're like, we think Satan won in that deal. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I still do. I well. mean, yeah, but I mean, at least Job's not like sitting in heaven, being like, "Oh, you did this on per- maybe, or maybe God never tells Job, and Job just right." <laughs> but okay, at least Job got out sort of clean. But in any case, I think in my mind. That's just where the story ended, because I don't care if he gets his wealth back or whatever. He still went through years of torture because God made a bet with Satan. What? Yeah. What a mm. dipshit. Like, <laughs> Seriously, that Satan guy's supposed to be evil. Why would you engage? <laughs> right. I always refer back to that great speech by Al Pacino in The Devil's Adv- Advocate, where he talks about how God is just a dirty trickster. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely the case i haven't seen that in a while i gotta watch it again <laughs> i did also want to mention there's an, a federal appropriations bill hr 4368 there is a link on the center for inquiry that will be posted on our webpage. if you could go to that link and uh, sign up it is an action alert that the Center for Inquiry has put out calling on supporters to help defeat a pro-homeopathy amendment being oh. proposed by the federal government. The uh, the appropriations amendment would bar FDA enforcement against new homeopathic drug products if the products met the standards set forth in the homeopathic pharmacopoeia of the United States. Oh, please. <laughs> I just heard a lot of fucking words, but I don't know what the hell you just said. So there is a group, there is, a, I guess, an entity, is it mythical? I don't know, called the homeopathic pharmacopoeia that has a standard of quality 
for yeah. homeopathic products. And this amendment would make it so that if this group says, yeah, it meets our standards, then the FDA can't do anything about it. Wow. That, yeah, that's bullshit. So yeah. it, it, as long as this, you know, group of people that have no medical background say it's okay, it can sterilize people, blind people, you know, give them rashes, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound enjoyable. No. Who's going to vote yes? Are they going to vote yes on this or no on this? I missed that part. I, I don't know. Mm. Um, th this is basically, it's a link to a little form that you can fill out, put in your information, and it'll automatically send something to your congressperson. Whatever zip code you put in, it figures out who your congressman is and sends out a note to them. So, I mean, the problem is it's in an appropriations bill. So this is just a standard bill. It's just a writer in something that's probably needed. Right. I mean, children's nutrition programs come out of it, you know, agricultural aid, all kinds of different things. Sure. So it's necessary, and they've put a, a bullshit in it. Great. Also true. Yep. As stated on the Center for Inquiries page, um, what they're basically, their argument is, is no need for federal regulation. We can mm. regulate ourselves with our own standards, even if it does constitute medical fraud. Mm. <laughs> that always that always works out great. They were, Absolutely. Right. <laughs> when has that ever failed us? Yeah. <laughs> Trust us, if you let us be both a content provider and a content producer, we won't create a monopoly, I swear. <laughs> Pinky promise. <laughs> um, another follow-up over in Texas. We had talked previously about Ken Paxton. He was the attorney general. He has been, I don't know what the state is he is in now. So he was impeached by the uh, Texas House. Right. He's still the attorney general, but he can't do anything, I guess. Until right. the Until Senate he... has a hearing? Yes. Right. Somebody else is standing in his job for the moment. Well, apparently the news out of Texas today, this week, um, it was published... Oh, no, this was earlier. This was earlier in the year. But in, in any case, just came up on my news feed this week. Apparently, his wife, Angela Paxton, is a senator for the state. Hmm. But uh, after their meeting, it, it came out that uh, she will not be voting on whether or not her husband gets impeached. <laughs> Damn correct. <laughs> I, I'm shocked <laughs> at the restraint. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I, I, I'm with Jared. That's a little bold. Yeah. Well, I, I will say that the Republicans have turned against Ken Paxton. The, he is just too much. It's too much bullshit for the Republicans in Texas. That's a seriously high bar. It is. It is it is a tremendously high bar. I am uh he's just so overwhelmingly guilty. It's hard to mm. you know like I know that you know on the next tier up they can do it with Trump. I mean people can look at 91 <laughs> felonies <laughs> and go, "Nah, probably didn't do it." <laughs> so he all said, fake. He said he didn't do it. That means he didn't do it. Every one of those is made up. Yeah. Every one. Every single one. <laughs> Well, in all four different indictments. But Ken, Pax, Ken Paxton never made it to the level of a god, though. Trump no. has. I know. Are, wow. I, by the way, are we talking about Trump at all in the show? I'm as sure we are. Because I have a, <laughs> a question that's been <laughs> well, we have this week's Well, we have this week's edition of Profile, or Profile okay, and Sedition, okay. so, okay. you know. Yeah, I didn't want to just jump the gun, you know, sure. when we're talking about other shows. <laughs> yep. while like I usually do. <laughs> well, while we're still on Texas, the uh, the Republican Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick wanted to assure all citizens of Texas that they can count on the Senate of Texas to have a fair and just trial. He in, later in that same statement said that all 31 senators would be present and voting. Hmm. <laughs> Basically saying that the wife was going to be included. Right. So then they had this meeting behind closed doors. After two days of this meeting, he came back out. Well, uh, he didn't say anything, but they, they came out and said that she would not be voting. And during that time period, it came out that Lieutenant Governor Patrick has, uh, has lent Paxton $125,000 for his campaign. Hmm. Mm hmm. So the lieutenant governor, who, by the way, in Texas, is in charge of the Senate, is owed money by Paxton. Nice. The guy that is going to be on trial. So <laughs> I'm sure there's no corruption anywhere in this. It's, it'll be fine. This is too confusing. I know. I may have jumped the gun when I said they showed a little too much restraint. <laughs> as a, Good as to a, know. <laughs> as a body they have. As individuals, not so much. Right. Well, he's really getting Cawthorned, isn't he? 
<laughs> he is. Yeah. I do like verbing that. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next follow-up, this is a guy we talked about previously, Gordon H. Peterson, 63, of Cedar Hills, Utah. He was on our podcast, he was mentioned, because he had the silver cure everything, the bottle of silver solution that cured everything, including COVID, according to him. Uh, there was a warrant put out for his arrest three years ago. Wow. Uh, he was finally arrested. How hard were they looking? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking not that hard, but yeah. uh, part of this that I found interesting was he challenged the existence. Uh, well, he challenged that his arrest was valid in any way. He challenges the existence of the U.S. government, calling it a bankrupt corporation and declaring all law technically a civil dead entity. Oh, sovereign citizen nonsense. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He declared well, himself. Technically, Pennsylvania is a commonwealth and <laughs> not a state. <laughs> so he declared himself a corporate entity and not any kind of U.S. citizen. So clearly, he cannot be arrested. Classic. So in any case, he made around two million dollars uh, during the, the the COVID, the beginning of COVID, uh, before his arrest warrant came out. And and by the way, his stuff is apparently still on Amazon. Is it? Well, Amazon's not going to you know just ditch the product. They're going to have to sell until it's gone. That's worth money. I don't understand how it can still be on Amazon. Like, the guy's got a... Re- I, I don't get it. Well, I mean... Well, he's, he's, in, he's innocent till proven guilty. It, well, that's uh, a big part of it, yeah. And, I mean, he's not He's not probably... I mean, he could be brewing it up in his basement, but he's probably not brewing it in his basement. He's probably uh, somewhat of a corporation going. But, yeah... They be- can't fight him because he's not a citizen of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> who, know, who knows where he is? <laughs> <laughs> I would be more suspect that the the, the 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 law enforcement surrounding him is a little bit more is not inclined to go find him. But uh, my last follow up is in regard to Mifepristone. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that correctly. You are. Uh, there was a federal appeals court on Wednesday wiped away a lower course ruling that would have taken the medication. Uh, it is an abortion drug. Uh, wipe that, so it would have taken it off the market. So it upholds the fact that the FDA 20 years ago said that it was safe and fine uh, to put out. However, the appeals court is conservative-leaning, and they came out with uh, a, basically setting the stage for this to go to the Supreme Court because they ruled that, yes, Mifepristone can be sold, um, but... It should not be that easy to get. It should take a uh, medical doctor to prescribe it. It should not be able to be shipped over state borders. They they, oh they basically what? put a huge restriction. Well, they didn't put any restrictions on it, but they laid the groundwork for this to go to the Supreme Court. Not be allowed to be shipped over state lines. I, that, that, how's that going to fly? Well, it makes I, it unsafe. Right. I'm, I'm with you, Karen. Like... I don't want the Supreme Court to take this as a challenge, <laughs> but like how you could look at that and not read that as undue burden <laughs> is just absolutely beyond me. It's so clearly an undue burden and a direct infringement on their rights to, to not read it like that is preposterous. So they will. But, right. You know. yeah. But again... <laughs> Yeah, ridiculous. It's not okay. <laughs> no. Man. Uh, they also took, I, I guess they they were upset at the lawyers saying that a judge shouldn't have any right to infringe upon what the FDA can do because the FDA ruled that this was perfectly safe. But then a that's judge came through and said, <laughs> well, the FDA can't do that, <laughs> except that's exactly who should be doing it. So the lawyers were like, well, the judges shouldn't be able to, to step on what the FDA does. And apparently the appellate court didn't like that at all. They said, we're allowed to look at the FDA just like we're allowed to look at any agency. Even though they ruled correctly. Mm. It, it's it got stink not, on it still. Yeah. 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 Mm. I don't think it's the last we've heard of it by any means. Nothing's ever settled. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, well, it I, is. I mean, Roe v. Wade was settled law until it wasn't. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's what we all thought, and then look what happened. Right. right. It's what the... Well, 
It's what the, the Lord of the Rings taught us. <laughs> Evil never sleeps. It just waits. Yep. Yeah. Just got to just keep chipping away, chipping away. They took my Bibles and my prayer out of schools. How about if you have to shell out a little money so I can put in God we trust above every classroom wall? Mm. Although worry. I don't remember Sauron finding loopholes in laws to get what he wanted. No, no, he used <laughs> much more direct, sinister means. But, uh, you know, again, it's just that took him 50 years to break down Roe v. Wade, but they did it because they don't quit. And it's not like we had 50 years to make it a law of the land. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, yeah we crapped that up pretty hard. Yep. And we'll continue to do so. <laughs> Democrats sat on their hands so long at that because they were like, oh, it's settled. Except that the Republicans kept saying that they were going to overturn it. And guess what? But but this could cost me votes, though, if I start turning, if I get excited about <laughs> abortion. So they didn't do anything. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, this piece of news should have been in last week, and I totally forgot to throw it in. Uh, so bring it up this week. Montana. Some youths in Montana uh, won a court case. The court determined that a provision in the Montana Environmental Policy Act harmed the state's environment and the young plaintiffs, well, and it harmed the young plaintiffs by preventing Montana from considering the climate impacts of energy projects. Provision was accordingly unconstitutional, the court said. Nice. Sweet. I mean, that had to be a conservative court, too, so that's pretty awesome. I said Montana. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the shocking part. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, a lot of Mont- Montanans, is that what they're called? I don't want to... I think so. Indian. I think that's people, right. People in Montana. Um, <laughs> Montonians. <laughs> they really like their state. They're proud of their state. It's a beautiful mm. state with a whole lot of scenery. And yeah, some of these, uh, they, they allow energy corporations to come in and dig it up and destroy everything. Yeah, a lot of Montanans don't like that. Sweet. But what about their guns? (laughs) Oh, there's lots of them. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) So, good good job. And to to be fair, there's there's like wolves and bears too, so, okay. True, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I don't know much about this, um, but I just found the headline to be very amusing. Feds have indicted a fundraiser for George Santos, the liar, George Santos. The first man on the moon, George Santos. (laughs) For allegedly impersonating Speaker McCarthy's aide. Yes. That sounds like something he would do. I mean, it's, it's, it's Santos's, one of his primary fundraisers, but, you know, that's <laughs> not just Santos. It's, but yeah, impersonating Speaker McCarthy's aide. I'm like, wow. I, I, so well, he's, he's getting in trouble for I'm, it, I'm so, so that's nice. Yeah, he is. <laughs> what, what, so what happened? What, what happened here? Uh, the paid campaign fund answer for um, Representative George Santos was indicted in New York on federal charges related to his allegedly impersonating the, a top aide to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. So, so yeah, he was pre- he contacted money or he to... contacted Republican donors, mm. identified himself as someone who he was not. In this case, right. specifically an wow. aide for Speaker McCarthy, and got money for Santos by right. lying about who he was. Mm. Wow. Four counts of wire fraud, one count of aggravated aggravated identity theft. So is being a compulsive liar, like... <laughs> Part uh, of the gig? Well, yeah. well, that guy asked George for advice, and George was like, just lie. Just say you're somebody yes. else. Right. It's <laughs> worked <laughs> out great for me. I was wondering nope. if it was contagious. Like, if you spend too much time <laughs> around George, you just start lying about everything. <laughs> Don't tell him you work for me. Jeez. Tell him you work for McCarthy. Yep. As he's getting arrested, he's like, did you tell him you were a volleyball champ at your college? (laughs) No, you got it. Come on, you got to put in like five lies. You just told one. (laughs) Water's down the big lie then. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. That's Mm. fucking amazing. (laughs) What are the odds? I mean, (laughs) although I guess if you're going to work for George Santos. Right. I feel like that's that's like the first two questions on the application. (laughs) Do you like to commit crimes? Would you like to commit more crimes? Are you willing to lie a lot? Yes. Yeah. Do you like to lie? Would you like to lie more? <laughs> Sign up, George Santos. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> the next piece of news, I, I, I really, I just threw this in here to mock Russia. Yeah. Uh, Russia launched oh. a Luna 25 spacecraft that was, uh, I th- was it going to land on the moon? 
Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, technically, I guess it did. It just landed a little harder than they thought. Spun out <laughs> of control and crashed into the moon. Yep. It was Russia's first moon mission in almost 50 years. It wasn't a manned moon mission, was it? No. It was not. It was unmanned. Oh, okay. Yeah. India. Oh, man, Ray got cold. <laughs> <laughs> you don't Suck have to feel that too cosmonaut bad. cosmonaut scum. <laughs> now, do you think they did this because we announced that we're sending people back to the moon? No, they are in a race with India, and India is going to win tomorrow. To land an unmanned spacecraft on the moon? Yep. How the fuck did that happen? I don't know. They India. Got, yeah, they got three billion people. Yep. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not being racist here, am I? I no. think I'm being racist. Uh, I thought no, intentionally. I thought India was like a poor country. Um, uh, a lot of the people in India are poor. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. That's an understatement. What am I thinking? Yeah, Jesus. All right. Well. They do, they do like this country, have a upper echelon that is ultra wealthy. Mm. So are we sending up our NASA scientists to dissemble, disassemble whatever they're throwing <laughs> up there? Like we're going to kick it over and shit? And... <laughs> I think we already know what it's made out of. <laughs> Quick. I mean. Send in the Space Force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I don't know if India's spacecraft will land on the on the moon tomorrow either, but you know, I think they had a better shot at it than than Russia. We'll see. I yeah, didn't Russia, you spread yourself thin. Yeah. I didn't know that India and, and Russia were on a space race or a moon race, but you know, splashdown won and unsuccessful. <laughs> Splashdowns don't work when there's no water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, were... forgive forgive my ignorance, right? But like we're the only country that sent actual people there. Correct. Right? Okay, I wasn't sure if there was some unknown history of, like, China sending people to the moon and I just didn't know about it. Like... I'm, 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 I'm well, I'm, like, 95% on that, I guess. Yeah, now that he's framed it like that, I was like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I don't. <laughs> if you yeah, don't, like, I've I'm never like, heard was of it. Was it, like, once we got there, like, everyone was like, fuck it, we give up, we're not going. Yeah, we already claimed it. We put a flag on it. Like, <laughs> right? that's it. We got it. We said dibs. <laughs> Other people have sent, um, I don't, I'm not even sure... Have other people landed craft on the moon? I, I hadn't thought so, but I, I can't say for sure. I Things that are supposed to, you know, other than, you know, just land and look around a little bit. Things that move around or leave the surface and come back. Unknown. All right. I need a little bit of a break. Uh, so, Karen, mm. why don't well, you tell that. us about <laughs> this week's <laughs> Profiles in Sedition. This week, we have co-conspirator number three. Now, I got lost part way through this week because I started looking at the Georgia thing. And this is this is back to Jack Smith's January 6 indictments. So this is co unindicted co-conspirators and that particular one. So this is co-conspirator number three, Ms. Sidney Powell. All right. Yeah. So how, how, how do we know that she's co-conspirator number three? Um, she was called crazy in the actual indictment. <laughs> Release the Kraken, Karen. Yeah, yeah. So, Sydney Powell was born in 1955 in Durham, North Carolina. She attended University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, where she received her bachelor's degree and her Juris Doctor in 1978. She worked as a federal prosecutor for a while. She started her own law firm in 1993, and the two, in the 2000s was her first shot at fame. She defended various firms that were involved in the Enron scandal. Um, she was of not particularly, yeah, yeah. She was not particularly effective, and she was highly critical of uh, Mr. Andrew Wiseman, who is the director of the task force investigating into in Ron. In fact, she actually wrote a book about it, and then she vanishes again for a while. Has a couple of minor cases. She gets in the news a little bit. No big deal. Fast forward to 2017, and Wiseman is appointed to the Mueller investigation. And her book is mentioned. Her book is brought up in various right-wing circles, and she's brought on a couple of uh, TV shows. And she went, oh, Spotlight, I remember this. This is nice. And so she gets back into the Spotlight again, talks about her book, starts you know, talking about crazy right-wing schemes. And then Michael Flynn hired her to defend him in his pro federal prosecution for making false statements to the FBI. She files a couple of motions, doesn't go very well, um, and eventually Trump... Um, pardons Flynn, and that's the end of that. Um, and, and then she vanishes again for a while. December 2020, she goes to the podium after Rudy is speaking and alleges that an international communist plot has been engineered by Cuba, China, Venezuela, Hugo Chavez, George Santos, I'm sorry, George Soros, <laughs> <laughs> and the Clinton Foundation. And, and, George and, Santos and is George Soros. 
Yeah. According to George Santos. <laughs> George Soros. So that's when, the, you know, the, 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 the crazy came back out. It was December 2020. So she just appeared at the end of a press conference and just kept talking after everybody started turning around. And they all kind of turned back to her and started recording again because, oh, crazy person. This will be fun. And nobody told her to speak. She just started. Nope. Nope. Interesting. She just got up there. Um, after that, she starts getting included in things because she got a little bit of press and people are talking about her and it's crazy ideas. They can, you know, pawn off all the crazy shit on her. <laughs> but they kind of distance themselves after for a while and she, uh, because it's just too bonkers. And she independently sues in Arizona and Georgia and Michigan, Wisconsin, all lost quite badly. But she she kind of reappears periodically. I think Juliana keeps bringing her into things because, I don't know. She I, I think she crazy? Yeah, and she's a fame seeker, clearly, by the by the look of it. So Sure. Yeah. Currently, she's being sued by Dominion for Defamation for $1.3 billion in damage, which she does not have Yeesh. that kind of money. Yeah. She is unindicted co-conspirator number three in the federal January 6th investigation, and she has also been indicted in the RICO case in Georgia. She is crazy. And in a legal she, document. Hmm? She, she is noted as being crazy. <laughs> In a legal document. <laughs> by, yeah, by a federal prosecutor, yeah. Is, um, is she a true believer? Mm, I think she is a media whore, and she just wants to get her face on camera, and she's now got herself in a really tough situation, and she's also crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, she's clearly not all there. No, no. I, I like, think, all that leopard print shit, too? Like, yeah. come on. That's that's not that's not the move of a normal person. No, I would agree. Yeah, I, I think bonkers, not a, a true believer. I can't make judgment on that because that, that's kind of one of my questions I like to ask is, you know, because last week, Eastman, he's a true believer. This lady? Mm? I think it might be a little from uh, both columns. <laughs> yeah, maybe. With her. Yeah, she's she's an interesting one. <laughs> She also has a, a son from an earlier relationship, and she keeps him well out of the spotlight, and he seems to be not in the spotlight, so we'll just leave him alone. Otherwise, He's friends with Hunter Biden. <laughs> Hunter Biden, though. <laughs> that seems unlikely. <laughs> and that is Sidney Powell. Hmm. So that's the last political thing I've got. It didn't really touch on Trump. What did you have that you wanted to talk about, Trump? So, Trump? Okay, so so in light of this, of the new Georgia indictment, yeah. and we're now up to... 90 some odd charges, you said, Ian? Uh, 91, I I believe. Yeah, it was 72 the last time. Mm. I was thinking about this, and I was like, Trump's lawyers, right? And he's always got that rotating, like, cavalcade of lawyers that keep popping up here and there, and there's always a different guy, Mm -hmm. because he can't hold on. Are are they handling all these cases, or does he have separate lawyers for each one? No, they're handling all of them. They actually, in the Georgia case, they filed part of their motion to delay was they wanted to delay the trial till 2026 because (laughs) they're so busy with all the other indictments. Oh, that wasn't the Georgia one. That was the Florida case. They wanted to delay till 2026. Okay. But I I heard that they were going to push for, for the same for Georgia, though. And part oh, of their sure, argument sure. was was he, he's got too many indictments. We can't do all this. You can't expect <laughs> us to to keep up. And then there is a certain logic of, to that. I mean, you can't be tried four, uh, you know four times at the same time. I mean, they're going to need to take turns. It, it's just reality. You can't charge one person two different places at the same time. Now there can be overlap to a lot of the stuff. I mean, why not, why not overlap discovery and things like that? It's going to be completely different. And it's not like the the lead lawyer is going to wade through the boxes of discovery. That's staff work. But to be clear, the argument is you can't charge me for the illegal Mm. stuff I've done because I've done so much illegal stuff. I'm really busy. Well, no, he's not saying don't charge me. He's just, we need to delay the... (laughs) Yeah, we need to delay this until after I'm president and can pardon myself. I mean, Karen's kind of got a point, but like, this is such a special circumstance because you're like, well, in 2026, he can be president. Right. (laughs) And then, you know, but on the other hand, it's like, can you imagine trying to, like, you're handling all this shit, and he's notorious for not paying people. Right. Oh, they got cash up front. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Paid for by the pack. Which, again, I don't know how that's legal, but <clears throat> that's for law scholars to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they pretty much drained the pack paying legal fees. There was actually a, a papers filed today in the Florida case 
by Jack Smith trying to, um, I don't know, something to do with um, the employee number four who was was supposed to be supposed to be the um, the IT guy in Mar-a-Lago. That is now it, pretty much yes, he is the IT guy at Mar-a-Lago, and he's going to testify against him. And now they're trying to start out lawyer shit at this point in that case. So yeah, it, it's all in motion. There's 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 paperwork filing all over the place. God, he cannot be feeling great about this having his lawyers spread so thin as well. I mean, like I said, the lawyer they they guide the ship. They're not you know cranking the the the, the stuff down below. It, that's that he has to have a lot of staff, and he needs to have four different groups of staff. That's why it costs yeah. so much. But man, don't do the crime if you can't do the you know the lawyerly <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I guess we'll find out tomorrow in his pre-taped interview with Tarka Carlson. Yeah, how he's feeling. <laughs> where you can exclusively watch it. I don't know where or how, but <laughs> knock yourself out. I thought but it was going to be. I thought it was going to be on X Twitter or whatever it is now. I listen. I don't know how to watch shit on Twitter or how to find it. Oh, I wouldn't if I even if I knew. Does how. anybody? I mean, I'm sure people do know, but like. It's not like YouTube where you just go there and it's there, as far as I know. I, I think it is. I think it follows. Then they they put it in under the um the breaking news or the the trending stuff. It's in there. But a live feed. I mean, yeah, there'll be a link to a live we, feed in there. Do we tr- do we trust Twitter? Remember the last time they tried to do a live feed? <laughs> right. No, <laughs> I don't trust them to do anything. Um, but I I do think it's interesting though because um Fox News sent Tucker Carlson a cease and desist letter because they're still paying him. And the it, oh yeah, isn't the GOP isn't the the debate on Fox News? It is, I, and I heard that the, they are not letting any Trump surrogates on after the debate because right. of this. So I mean, it, they've already sent Tucker a cease and desist. Do you think Tucker Carlson is going to do a direct siphon of their viewers? That doesn't seem like a great idea. That seems well, like I'm, that I'm would get sure you're set. that would get Fox News's lawyers, you know, to do more than just the letter of cease and desist, but actual right. actually start filing suit against them. Exactly. <laughs> I think that could, I mean, although we have not heard from Tucker that this is going to happen, we just heard from Trump's you know people. So who knows? Anything else on Trump before I, I wanted to to round out uh, the space talk real quick, the moon talk. Mm. So I looked it up in the meantime. The United States is the only country that has sent manned spacecraft to the moon. Uh, I believe it was 12 people in total who stepped. Well, I don't even know if they all stepped foot on the moon, but they all who landed on the moon. Apart from the United States, the Soviet Union has done a ton of trips to the moon. In addition to the Soviet Union, Japan um, made in 90, 1990 was the third country to explore the moon. Uh, China in 2007, Israel crash landed, uh, mm. in 2019 and India did land, uh, on the moon. Chandaran one was the first mission to discover ice on mm. the moon. So nice. th- these are the countries that have explored the moon, um, robotically, basically. So there have been a lot of people who landed on the moon. Okay. Well, that actually, countries. That actually, it actually um, is a little bit different than what's on Wikipedia, which I think is interesting. Okay. Well, this was yeah. from Space.com. It was an article by uh, somebody worse than NASA. So hmm. what's on Wikipedia? Get, Wikipedia is, uh, the again, United States is only crude landing. But the landed had, you know, a rover with, and returned was United States, Soviet Union, and China. It says... Japan um, impacted <laughs> the moon, did not successfully land. Same um, with India. It, it, yeah, this article, this article does say that it, it, it was the third country to explore the moon. So apparently mm. they, they landed something and explored it and they radioed back, but yeah, it never returned. Mm, okay. Yeah, they have a whole grid with milestones achieved in Wikipedia, so I don't know. So, in any case, I just thought yeah. it was interesting. And let's move on to uh, religious nonsense. Uh, Specifically, like I said in the intro, uh, these are international. We're going to start off. Uh, Sweden. Sweden has called for vigilance abroad for its citizens. Sweden has apparently pissed off a lot of the Islamic followers. Oh, dear. Due to different Quran, the different times the Quran has been allowed to be burned inside Sweden. There are now is Islamic um, hate messages being spread all over the internet about Swedes, 
Um, so if you are from Sweden and traveling, I don't know, outside of Sweden, um, be vigilant. The religion of peace is after you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, over in Pakistan, a crowd has vandalized churches and torched homes after the an accusation was made of blasphemy. There was an accusation made about a, a, a in a Christian area of Pakistan that um, people said that there was a a act of blasphemy made inside a church, and since then, yeah, churches churches set on fire, homes set on fire. I mean, at what point do we determine that there there actually weren't even, you know, pretend acts of blasphemy? They just don't want anybody other than Islamic people in their country anymore. Currently? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when when is it out on Front Street, though? I mean, it feels like it's coming soon. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it's, it's, it's really hard to say. I mean, the state of Pakistan right now, blasphemy is punishable by death according to Pakistan law. However, no one has ever been executed for it by the law. And the accusations that have been made have been lynched by outraged crowds before the law could do anything about it. Mm. Provincial governors have resigned because they tried to, to say that the, the blasphemy law was wrong and have received death threats. People, there are dozens of people in Pakistan who are in jail without any trial because the police are saying we're just keeping them here to try and keep them safe. It's this is what blasphemy law gets you. Like mm. but then again, you know, what there's not a whole lot people can do about it because anytime the lawmaker tries to change it, um groups like the They get accused of blasphemy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> groups like the uh the TLP, uh this is the Tariq El Pakistan. So I Sure, I butchered that, but it's a short TLP. This was a political group that has been outlawed in Pakistan, but uh, apparently this group still exists, and they totally deny instigating the violence toward politicians and toward people accused of blasphemy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's all I got on that. Yes. Right on. <laughs> Glad they're a long well, way well, away. Yeah. As soon as you make a law that says blasphemy is punished by, by death, people apparently feel emboldened that they can enforce it. It doesn't even have to go to trial. Right. All right. The next religious nonsense I have is uh, more local. Uh, Baylor University. There was a letter written by the Department of Education Office of Civil Rights to Baylor University. Uh, the letter, well, let me just say, in, in, according to the article, in the past, religious universities have been assured that they are exempt from po- Title IX regulations, which bars discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, gender identity, marital status, sex outside of marriage, pregnancy, or abortion. This letter to Baylor also assured that the Baylor is exempt from sexual harassment rules. Hmm? Specifically, it was assured that compliance with its religious tenets by the university or its students would not constitute, quote unquote, unwelcome conduct under the department's definition of sexual harassment under Title IX. So Baylor was questioning this. I don't know why they would be questioning this at the Department of Education. (laughs) Um, They're like, oh, what about sexual harassment? And they got a letter saying that, yeah, you're not going to be charged. You're a religious institute. So... You know, however you define sexual harassment is kind of up to you now. What? That seems scary. Yeah. Scarier than usual. I feel like I should pipe up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to just soak it in. <laughs> yeah. A, trouble, a little bit of trouble following that. But... So according to Baylor's assistant... Baylor is exempt from all crimes because they like Jesus. Huh. Yeah. According That's to uh, Baylor's assistant vice president for media, Lori Fogelman... She said Baylor is responding to the expanding definition of sexual harassment under Title IX from the Biden administration, which includes discrimination against LGBTQ people. So the Biden administration is saying that Title IX protects LGBTQ people, and they're saying that's going too far, so we need assurances that we are totally exempt from all your rules under Title IX. So is this happening, or is this what they want to happen? That was a letter from the Department of Education to Baylor, assuring them that that is the case. 
Ah, oh, crap. So it's already happened. That's not good. Well, if it can happen, it can unhappen if there's enough hue and cry, so... Do you know who's heard about this besides the five of us? Well, no one. A, a few people now, and more tomorrow when the podcast yeah. goes live. <laughs> All right. Not enough, but you know, maybe we'll have a little domino effect. Yeah, maybe. If only the the late late night comedy shows were still on TV, we tended to spark conversation there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. It's probably coincidence, but. <laughs> All right, where was the big charter school controversy? Was that in was that in Oklahoma? That sounds right. I don't have it in front of me, but in any case, there's yeah. a new there's a new battleground for charter schools. This is in Colorado. A Catholic school has sued over rules for inclusion in Colorado's universal preschool funding. The suit was filed this week in Colorado Federal District Court by Catholic Archdiocese of Denver and two Catholic schools challenging the restriction imposed by participating in Colorado's preschool funding program. The suit alleges that plaintiffs' free exercise and free speech rights were infringed because they did not allow giving preference to Catholic families. <laughs> wow. So the, the Catholic schools are saying that the funding program impinges upon their free right, their free speech rights, because they can't prefer Catholic families in their charter school. Well, I mean, for Catholics, yeah, it's all about how much money you put in the plate. It gives you preferential treatment. You can't get married in a Catholic church without having a, a history of putting money in the plate. And not just... Really? Oh, yeah. And not just putting money in the plate, but filling out the envelope that they send to your house with your you know return address and your tell and they have ledger books of how much money you give to the to the church it's not just a you know a cash in, in the in the in the plate at the end of the aisle this is a book where they keep track of how much money you've provided and you ask to get married in a catholic church not all of them but a lot of them they'll say mm, no you've only been here three times this past year and you only put in sixty dollars so no you can't be married here i didn't even know they could i mean like who's watching them as they put money in that plate it's that's the thing in a catholic church you don't do that oh they send you a book of envelopes to your house and you do the oh with your name on it and you put in your money and you put on the outside your name and the amount of dollars i mean you can also give cash but then you don't get the credit and god doesn't know that you've been good <laughs> what a bunch of scumbags yeah <laughs> That's a true story. No. It, yeah, it's not just your neighbors watching to make sure that you're a good Catholic. It's There's a book. <laughs> How do they justify that? Like, to the people? like How do they justify having palaces full of gold in Italy? Uh -oh. All right. I, yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I, I mean, you know me. I'm always curious. It's like, well, what's the fake reason? What's the reason you're giving people for this? Uh, it can't be tax reasons. <laughs> nope. Proves your faith somehow. I mean, it's the same organization that the, the Lutherans got all up in arms about because they were, you know, you could buy your way out of sin. That's how why Lutherans exist. That's why Protestants exist. It's because Catholics were letting people buy their... You know, I would like to have an affair with my secretary. All right, well, that was going to cost you 2,000 shekels. <laughs> what a fucking racket. Yeah. The original racket. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. I'm moving on to conspiracies because they're more fun. Um <laughs> I guess a lot of this falls under conspiracies, but it's kind of listed under conspiracies in our final story wrap-up. But the first one is definitely a conspiracy. The recent conspiracy is that the fires in Maui, which, horrific. I mean, mm. just so bad. So let's make a conspiracy theory around it. The wildfires, according to this conspiracy, were actually started by... Crap, I don't have the term now. BEWs. Directed energy weapons. Ah, DEWs. That's why I couldn't yeah. find it. Directed energy weapons. Laser beams from the sky. Probably Jewish laser beams, if I had to take a guess. <laughs> uh, there were two images being circled in the uh, social media. One is a really powerful beam of light coming down and smoke coming up out of the ground. And then there's another one that's a lot more fuzzy and looks like a UFO kind of thing. Yeah, both images are unrelated to Maui and the wildfires. The first one dates back to 2018. Actually, they both date back to 2018. The first image 
was uh, during the launch of SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket in California. Uh, the second one was uh, traced back to uh, using reverse image search to an oil fi- refinery fire in Ohio in 2018. So like these glare, images were, were both back in 2018. They were taken, have nothing to do with the wildfires in Maui, but that hasn't stopped it from gaining ground. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a weird quirk of humanity. The, the people see a picture, they get stuck in their brain as to what it is, and people are never going to let this go. It's like the pictures of Nessie and Loch Ness. I mean, the guy came out and said, I made that. It's a piece of wood. It's in my shed. Would you like to see it? And people go, nope, Nessie. <laughs> so, it's more fun to believe in Nessie. <laughs> yeah. How is it fun to believe in space lasers, though? That's bonkers. I don't know. It's exciting. Every time you walk out your door, you might get shot by one. <laughs> sure. That is a little bit exciting. I was going to say, I don't know. But yeah, it all, it, it's hard. It's hard to enjoy it without, you know, the people getting roped into it in a dangerous way. Because I'm, I'm with you, Karen. When, when, when I was up in Burlington, I can't tell you how many hours I spent scouring Lake Champlain hoping to see Champy. <laughs> I did not see Champy. <laughs> Champy is not real. <laughs> Well, just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it's not real. That doesn't prove anything. Can't prove a negative, yeah. I think it would be very cool if Nessie existed and there was actually a modern-day dinosaur. (laughs) It's not. It would be absolutely amazing. It's simply not true. Right, yeah. Uh, with with the Maui stuff, the the follow up to this, the the back end of the conspiracy theory is that Maui was destroyed intentionally in order to rebuild it with the quote unquote fifteen minute minute city concept, a a purposeful destruction of people's homes or whatever to rebuild it as a smart island, a, a government built on AI. What? Hmm. Well, I'm curious what that is, but I don't know. It's a smart island. <laughs> the entire island governed by artificial intelligence. Clearly, that'll be better, and that's what Biden wants. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds to me like the walls are closing in for the Biden crime family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only, probably the only nugget of truth out of that is there's a whole bunch of real estate um, prospectors that have been going, hey, you want to sell your worthless land now in, in the town where your house was just blown up? Because that's what, you know. Right, that's what you do. That's what when you you're do. You're a good human. Yeah. You exploit people in tragedy. Right. So you know, and it's a it's a weird sideways kernel of truth, but that's probably where that story comes from. It's land speculators. There, there are there are still eight hundred and fifty people missing, by the way. Yeah, yeah. The fires in Hawaii have just been unbelievably de- devastating. Mm. But I didn't want to linger on that. I'm trying to wrap up with the good news. Um, oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> He was mocking us, Ian. <laughs> um, just me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the uh, video of the alien autopsy that came out in, I don't even know when it came out, in the 90s? 95, yeah. I guess? Or the, uh, yeah, the gray. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, the black and white alien autopsy videos. They're making the rounds again. That's pretty much mm. all this is. Snopes had to, to redo uh, an article about... The alien autopsy video. And they labeled it not as false, but as miscaptioned. Miscaptioned. Yeah, I don't really understand why they did the miscaptioned thing. It it was captioned as they're autopsying aliens. That's false. But apparently the it was miscaptioned as because they said it was real. Ah. So instead of authentic alien autopsy, it should have said fake alien autopsy. Yeah. Yeah. That was the miscast. This was this was actually filmed in London. The guy who filmed it has since come out and said, "Yeah, I filmed this in my apartment. We redid it so that it would look like a we redid my apartment so it would look like a laboratory." And yeah, it's he spent he spent a long time putting these aliens together so that they would look authentic and realistic. He got sheep's brain to use as the creature's brain like, you know, it made to look as authentic as possible. That was his goal. But it's the it's the Nessie story again. I mean, people will still believe that it's an autopsy of an alien because it's already stuck in their head. Yes. Right, because that's what they want to believe. Right. And speaking of people who believe in this, <laughs> Yuri Geller. Oh. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> he's in the news again because he says, I have seen it. I was there. 
He says that he was at the morgue and he saw the alien bodies laying out on trays. And he provided an image. Unfortunately for Yuri Geller, this image is from Season 5, Episode 1 of The X-Files. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> was he there bending spoons for a, like a show? And... <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, he's. I think he's given up the spoon bending thing. I don't know. <laughs> um, but he said that he was in the refrigerated room. He said it was a well-known NASA base. We went inside. It smelled like a hospital. I could see what were uh, looked like heavy glass containers with lifeless bodies lying inside them. Wait, can I stop you sure. for one second? Am I to believe that the government had these bodies and they're like, who should we call? Yuri Geller. And they said, call Yuri Geller? <laughs> well, even better, I'm sure the cover-up is, is that the X-Files was provided with that image so they could put it in their show, therefore making it look like a fake. Mm. Ah. There's always a way around it. <laughs> yeah. We need top minds on this alien shit. Get me that fake sp- <laughs> spoon bender guy that Carson <laughs> outed in the 70s. <laughs> Top minds, <laughs> as Jason said. So, according, and I don't, I don't really know how this links in to the NASA stuff, but according to to Yuri Geller, he said Doctor Werner von Braun showed me the alien bodies. Now, Doctor Werner von Braun was a major in the SS. Oh. But his passion led him to dream of space travel, saying that we will fly to the moon in 1936. He said this. So he says that this XSS major showed him the alien bodies. Uh, where was this XSS officer in, what was this, in the 70s or something? Yeah, see, that's, I don't, I don't know that link. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Yeah. I mean, there certainly were some Nazi scientists that were, you know, given jobs in the U.S., which was bullshit, but Dr. Werner. Were they having trouble <laughs> autopsying the aliens and they needed Yuri to bend their necks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Dr. Werner von Braun was one of the ones that came to America. He was a German and American aerospace engineer and space architect. Yeah. Uh, Geller mm. says that it was a NASA refrigerator room that this doctor showed him. A- again, though, an ex-Nazi doctor mm. working for NASA now shows anyone images or shows them the actual alien bodies. Clearly, it's going to be Yuri Geller. Yeah. Because he's the expert spoonbender, so... Conveniently, the doctor died in 1977, so... I don't... So now that we've made all the jokes about Hmm. the government bringing in your... Or whoever wanted to show Yuri Geller this shit, now we have to go back to the realness and go, does this guy have any other skills than being a fucking charlatan? I don't think so. No. Like, what? Like, you've been busted on everything you've done. Or or there's still people out there that believe this fucking guy can do this shit. Uh, so he's like, well, I might as well double down and, you know. He made a lot of money doing it. I mean, he was a, he's basically just a, a musician. A musician. <laughs> Magician. Oh, so so what you so he must still have a career then. I, I guess, yeah. I don't know. I remember doing a story on Yuri Geller several years back about how he was trying to sue Pokemon because he claimed <laughs> that the, uh, the one Pokemon was a spoonbender and they stole it from him. He spent thousands of dollars to sue... The, the, the makers of Pokemon and lost. So wasn't it they because they named something uh, Abracadabra Alakazam or something and he claimed that that was his or something stupid. <laughs> well, and the, the, he came no, up with that I think word? his reference is legit. That's exactly how I explain it. What do you mean? Alakazam floats spoons around because of ah, Yuri Geller ah. pretending to be a psychic. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> However, in a, he's in, not wrong. I'm glad he lost, <laughs> but he is correct. <laughs> The reference couldn't be more on front street. I agree, Ooh. but the court did decide that Yuri Geller holds no, you know, copyright on spoons. So Sure. <laughs> sure. Or bending them for that matter. <laughs> I bend spoons all the time. That's just eating ice cream. <laughs> but I mean I mean again, that's why I'm just saying like if he still has a career or if the, or if he's making somewhat money off of his shtick. Maybe he's got a YouTube channel and people still believe that he can do this shit or whatever. He's like, well, I mean, I got nothing left to lose. Let me get in on this. See how I can suck this. Or is he like, I got nothing and I'm working at fucking Lowe's right now. 
I gotta get back out there, so let me do this, because it's the only thing I'm good at, is making shit up. It looks like, since, like, the 1990 or so, he's been, he's made money trying to sue people. <laughs> he con- oh. He considered a suit against Ikea over a furniture line featuring bent legs that was called the Yuri line. <laughs> I guess he didn't go forward with that. Hmm. Did he try to sue uh, Warner Brothers for the Matrix? Because there's some spoon bending in that, too, right? Uh. No, very much, yes. I mean, there was no spoon, but I hear what you're saying. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Good I, I don't reference. know, but according, nice. <laughs> according to Celebrity Net Worth, Yuri Geller is currently estimated at $20 million. He should just what? Curses. That's ridiculous. What? <laughs> I have wasted my fucking life right now. <laughs> How is he making money recently? I don't have any idea. Yeah, I mean, he makes money off of his investments. That's the answer. I mean, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> All right. My uh, my throat is going because I'm still getting over COVID. Um, last story. I don't. This Ooh. is this is total local news. Um, and I don't even think we mentioned it last week. But yeah, we talked about it after the show, I believe. Right in the wrap up. So so our patrons will know what we're talking about. But there was a move. Another reason to to, to join our patrons. This is true. <laughs> there was a move by our lake, our local city council, to use eminent domain to take over a a bar, a pizza place, and I forget what the third place was. There was a third place. But in any case, uh, basically a, a, a block, they used, they were using eminent do- domain to just take it over and build a parking garage. They didn't inform the owners before they made this decision. Mm-hmm. And everybody got up in arms because apparently people like the brewery way, way more than uh, expected. So this week... Uh, the Brewery Canyon Pizza have been saved as the council Yay. reverses course on its eminent domain decision due to an overabundance of negative feedback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, as Josh... So was... those scumbags wanted to knock down the brewery and buck a slice so that they could expand McAllister Street Garage? Yes. Basically, Hey, yeah. those Worthless. are things I know. <laughs> Worthless. Yeah. I mean, the, the crazy part of it is, I mean, yes, Josh, as Joshua said, they weren't required to. The, all they had to do was vote and say, I'm in a domain. We're going to take that building. We need the space for a parking garage. But come on. Just ask the guy. If you'd have said, dude, we would like to give you money so we can put a parking garage there, he'd have gone, ah, oh, man, can you make it like 1.2 money? And then he'd gone, okay, fine. It's 1.2 money. And everybody would have been happy. But no, they they were just going to say, market value, we're taking your building. And everybody freaked the hell out, as they should. Sure, right. So they've undone their mistake now. <laughs> Again, all you have to do For is now. be polite to people and things will turn out better. Yeah, exactly. You, you give him money and that guy will walk away from that building in a heartbeat. <laughs> if it's enough money, sure. Yeah. Now, they were going to give compensation. They weren't sure. just taking the building with nothing. But it, right. but they were giving no vote to the people, no choice. It was just right. voted on in secret. Right. And, and there was even talk of, you know, we'll provide you with a space. And the space isn't going to work. I mean, the brewery is not going to be the brewery if it's not in that building. It is sticky floor madness down there. <laughs> <laughs> or as... I didn't realize you were talking about the brewery. The brewery, yes. <laughs> as the locals call it. You know, home goodness, the sticky floor. We're used to it. Like, don't take that sticky floor away from me. Yep. I'm pretty sure the ceiling gets lower and lower, not because the ceiling is getting lower. It's because the floor is just building up sticky. <laughs> that is a low ceiling, as I recall. It is. <laughs> it is a dive, dive bar. But it is beloved, and it's beloved for 40 years or something, something crazy. Don't mess with people's dive bar. That's just <laughs> silliness. All right, that's all I got. You guys have anything else? No, sir. I'm good. Thank you. All good. All right. Uh, Before my voice completely goes, I'll wrap it up for this week. Uh, First, I want to thank our patrons who support the podcast, especially those who could join us tonight. There's a big list tonight. You got Big Old Grumpy Wolf, Hessian Gixon, Hypatia, Joshua, Old Grinchy McWolf, who's actually, you know, Grinch McScrooge, but he keeps changing his name on me. And a returning champion, Judy Joe. Hi, Judy. Welcome back. Appreciate seeing you guys tonight. Uh, Appreciate the comments and, uh, you know, making sure that we're not 
fibbing on uh, on our podcast, setting us straight. Do appreciate it. Uh, if you... In- Spreading lies about Job and God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways you can support it. Uh, you can share the podcast on social media or leave a review for us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you happen to listen. Uh, SoundCloud actually does have a nice uh, sharing mechanism. If you want to share on there, that's, that's very welcome. Um, I would also say that uh, SoundCloud now has a direct link to Spotify, so you should be able to find this podcast on Spotify very easily. If you do want to contact us, you can on our Facebook page or tweeting at ProfaneArg. Also, I'd like to encourage people to check out other What's shows. What's tweeting? <laughs> what the hell is tweeting? I'm never tweeting? changing that. I'm just... I'm... How about tweeting? <laughs> I only know this site called Zwitter. <laughs> Zwitter. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's like Q-tips and Kleenex. They will always be Q-tips <laughs> and Kleenex. And Band-Aids. Yeah. Um, please check out other shows, other podcasts on the soon-to-be-named network. It is a podcasting network. You can get all the shows at soon-to-be-namednetwork.com. Again, thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. Oh, this is Ian. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. Ian pulled the Jared. (laughs) I did! I forgot we were doing a show. I started getting online and paying paying my lawn guy. I was like, what's happening? Oh, Uh, man. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Thank you. Good night, and may your God go with you.